Welcome to the Motorcycle Scoop. It's a podcast about motorcycles and ice cream. I'm Motorcycle Chris. I'm Lynn. Just Lynn. Just, Lynn. Just. My middle name is Sarah. Yeah. Lynn Sarah. <laughs> I'm Lynn Sarah. <laughs> Lynn, no E. Sarah, no H. Right to the Whoa, point. Oh, that is. I'm right to the point. It's abrupt. You are very abrupt. Here we are. Another week. Another, another week. podcast. All right. Let's get right into it. The death of a British teen has put a strain on the US-UK relationship. Uh, I just want the world to know that I actually found out about this story and I sent it to Chris. You told me about this. That's right. Yes. I want the world to know that I am capable of potentially researching something to a point that I send one line of something that happened in the news to Chris. No article. No article. (laughs) But I go, hey, did you hear this happened? No. Link? No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Link, maybe? Internet, maybe? I don't uh... know. No, I read it previously, and I told Chris about it because I wanted him to know that I actually sometimes read articles. I think it was breaking news and I was in the car or something like that. Okay, let's not take away anything about me researching. All right. Lynn Sarah Couric, breaking the news. (laughs) Lynn here with the news. Okay, so uh, if anyone hasn't heard about the story yet, this is a diplomat's wife uh, in England. More like a diplomat. Yeah, that. His wife was driving in the UK, was driving on the wrong side of the road, and hit a motorcyclist, and they died. Yeah, so... It's her fucking fault. It's, it's definitely her fault. Murder. Uh, all right, so the kid was 19 years old. According to police, the a video baby. showed a black Volvo XC90 driving towards the village, collided head-on with a black Kawasaki motorcycle. The driver of the car, 42-year-old Ann Sokolis, um, apparently had just turned out of the base and crashed into this kid on the wrong side of the road. Um, the kid was 19-year-old. His name was Harry Dunn. Harry Dunn. Okay. Now, apparently she, you know, so just to be clear, she wasn't like, you know, toppling out of the car with a bottle of champagne in her car. Um, you know, she stayed on the scene of the accident to assist. Uh, she spoke to Harry to tell him that she would call for help. She waved down another car. That driver offered to assist Harry so that Anne could comfort her young children in the car. So she was driving the kids somewhere. Uh, I'm not saying she, like, meant to hit him. No, and I'm not defending her either. I don't think that at all. No. Um, So anyway, she, you know, stayed on the scene and was cooperating, and then she fled the country. And apparently she had only been there for, like, three weeks and, you know, told the police that she had no intention intention of traveling, hopped on a plane, got right the fuck out of there. Shady. Uh, And and because of diplomatic immunity, there's really nothing that that they can do. Diplomatic immunity doesn't apply once they're back in the U.S., so the U.K. is probably going to try to extradite her. But I mean, all, what is what's going to happen at the, that point? Nothing's going to happen. They're not going to. We're not going to. You know, we're not going to extradite her, and she's just going to stay over here. I mean, obviously, an accident, pulling onto the wrong side of the road. But I mean, you have to stay. You have to stay, and 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 and, and you know, you know, there's consequences to your actions, and you and you have to stay and be responsible for what you did, like. 
I went to England. I didn't drive at all because I was like, I'm going to do something. Fuck. I, I was considering renting a motorcycle, but it does tend to rain. Uh, and that kind of put me off to it. And the fact that like, I'm like, I am going to forget to drive on the right side of the road. That was only a responsible decision, unlike yeah. the decision that this piece of crap woman made. So twist of the story this week is the is Dunn's parents, who are both um, England, they're both law enforcement officials in England, were over here lobbying, you know, trying to make their case, contacted by an official at the White House, uh, I believe National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, who invited them to the White House to meet with a senior official. That's what he told them, okay? They show up, and, oh, it's actually Donald Trump. And he... He's the president. He invited them and said, oh, you know, you know, did the usual... Uh, uh, Kiss some babies. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I expressions... I am so sorry, and, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Um, you know, he, he invited them and, you know, expressed sorrow for their loss and stuff like that. And... <laughs> So according to the Duns, he goes, yeah, and by the way, she's right behind that door over there. Would you like to meet her? And not only would you like to meet her, we're going to bring the White House press corps in. And, and according to Sokolis's lawyer, the woman who ran over the kid, uh, she didn't know either. So she was invited to the White House. They didn't, like it was a blind date. Like, <laughs> like. Why not? Why not have her pop out of a fucking cake? Like I, I, I swear to God, these fucking guys and the Duns are obviously like, no, no, we're not, we're, we're not going to do this. Um, Especially if they have like trying to make some kind of case for themselves, I'm sure it wouldn't be good for the case to be like, yes, I will meet her in the White House with a well, full I, press. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it has any legal implications, but it's like. Well, know, this isn't a lawyer. I don't know. But that. this isn't like a beer summit. This isn't like, oh, like, I said some things and you said some things and let's hug and make up. Like, this woman killed their kid and then fled the country. And, then, and you want to, like, have, like, a kumbaya moment in front of, like, Prescott? Like, and, but then also they came to that country to try to make a case yeah, that to they try want to, to, like, to try to get bring her charges against her. And then it's like, hey, you know, how about this? It's like... How about no? Well, they've said, so their lawyer said that, essentially, we've said all along that we are willing to meet her, but we're we're still willing to meet her, but it needs to be on UK soil and, like, with therapists and mediators and stuff. They said the, the father of the kid, uh, Tim Dunn, said, yeah, they had, like, they kept pressing it. Like, he said he asked us two or three times. It was a bit of pressure, but we stuck to our guns. I mean, so this Trump is like, doesn't know what... He doesn't care if someone tells him no. He doesn't no, generally stop. No, stuff, so no. So. He, uh, he's on tape, actually, saying that. You know, later, uh, the spokesman for Dunn's parents said that they had felt ambushed. Apparently, Boris Johnson asked him to do that, asked Trump to do that, according to Trump, you know, and try to smooth this over. Um, but I, I don't know. It, to me, it was just, I, I can't believe these fucking guys didn't tell either of them before they made it to the White House, and there was a door in between the two of them. And let's make it public. Yeah. Let's have all the fucking cameras there, and you guys can hug it out. And the Dunn's like, no, like, she killed our, she killed their son and fled the country. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking insane. Yeah. All right, uh, but okay, moving on. Moving on this week. 
Harley Davidson paused electric motorcycle production. What? Um, <laughs> Actually, I did read so this. this too, is, so this is well, no, no. So I'm quoting. I'm quoting a article in Jalopnik. Harley Davidson already pausing electric motorcycle production. Okay, because there were so many news agencies. That like couldn't. Now, what type of motorcycle is this? Uh, this is an electric motorcycle. Not anymore. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it was too easy. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> give a girl a cell phone. Yeah, I can do whatever. Yeah, I want. unlock the unlock the keys to the kingdom. No, because I think this headline was accurate. Pausing electric motorcycle production. They like there were so many news agencies that couldn't help themselves. So like every headline was Harley pulls the plug on the oh, like their oh, electric motorcycle. Very nice. Uh, very nice. Yeah, because it's it's electric, but it just like, writes itself. Yeah, it, <laughs> but it really if you're just like scanning headlines, it's yeah. kind of uh, it. It's a, it's a bit misleading, and I don't blame oh, yeah, them yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Like I said, I love a good pun, but they're not pulling the plug; they're pausing on it to fix the charging. The problem, yeah, it was like a charging, the charging yeah. uh, mechanism. Well, don't uh, worry. Pulls the plug implies like life support. Now, like Chris, it's killing don't it. worry. No one bought one of these motorcycles, <laughs> so they're not even going to have to recall it. They're just simply going to fix them. It's like someone would have to buy it to recall so, it, so it's so fine. It's fine. Uh, so the problem with the charging equipment has not yet been identified by Harley Davidson, according to, this is Jal again, jalopnick.com, uh, and they actually quote the Wall Street Journal. Um, the company has advised buyers not to use any charging outlets at home. Instead, the live wires will only be charged with the professional equipment that can be found at the charging station. So, oh, cool. if you want, <laughs> so if you want to go, <laughs> if you want to go from one Harley Davidson dealership to another, you're all set. You know what this made me. You know what this made me think of. Do you remember those hoverboards that were really popular? Like, is it the, the thing with the wheels that someone stood on and you leaned and it just? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yes. First of all, when I heard the term hoverboard, I immediately went to Back to the Future, and yeah. I think that's a bit of a misnomer as well. That's those why are, I'm like, wait, the thing with the wheels. Yeah, you mean the <laughs> you mean the Segway without the stick? Without a like a body. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's the right. Term. Yeah, yeah. Um, nope. And if you yes. remember, those things were like. Wicked popular for a while. What? Uh, the the hoverboards. Hover oh, I yeah. thought you meant the Segway. No, they were the... Well, Which yeah, those two. <laughs> but the hoverboards were, like, just catching fire if you charged them. Oh, really? Um, I didn't Yeah, know. that was kind of... That, that's, re that's the reason... I didn't even know how they obtained energy. I'm like, I just... <laughs> tell me it's like, oh, 14D batteries? Cool. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, was a, it was a pull start. Yeah. You pulled it and then you hovered away. Um, but it made me... It made me think of that because, like college campuses were banning them like you couldn't bring a hoverboard they were sorry illegal. we have enough douchebags <laughs> like, no hoverboards allowed <laughs> but they would just like spontaneously catch fire oh and I that's kind that. of like why that kind of ebbed and that and the fl i just thought it was all those funny videos of people crashing on them i didn't know like they were catching fire well, wow. so so years ago i was managing a liquor store and this kid walks in, or he rolls up on one of those things. Oh, God. And rolls... <laughs> Sorry, no drinking and driving. Yeah, Sorry. and rolls... No, but rolls right through the front door and starts going down one of the aisles. And I, it, it never happened to me before, and I was like... Is this allowed? I go, Is this the future? And then I was like... And I was running the place, and I was just like, you know what, buddy? I'm going to make a game time decision on this right now. 
get the fuck off of that thing. You know, I just looked at all the glass like, bottles and stuff. Imagine if you crashed and you knocked over all that alcohol. Right. Like. But, like, I'm sure, like, in some futuristic world, in his mind, in a lot of people's minds, like, this was how we were going to transport ourselves now instead of walking. I mean, Like walk- a Wally, like in Wally. Oh, yeah. I, mean? I want to like, sit in a chair and just, yeah, like, Yeah, you want, I know you do. I know you want a recliner I to get from A to B. I love Wally so much. Wally is one of, pro- Wally is probably my favorite That's Pixar. probably my favorite Disney. Favorite Pixar movie. Wait, is, is it Disney or Pixar? Well, it's both, right? Disney owns Pixar. So it counts. But it is a, a Pixar film. I don't really think of, like... Pixar movies. And I didn't want to go down movies. this rabbit hole, well, but uh, here we are, and now I get to talk about it. Sorry, so, dear, sorry, dear listeners. Well, I I don't really consider like when someone's like, "Oh, what's your favorite Disney movie?" Like, I'll be like, "Oh, what's my favorite Pixar movie?" And what's yeah. my favorite Disney movie? Okay. Because what I think a square of them is, is a, a rectangle is a square, but a square is not necessarily a rectangle. Pixar has their own studio. And Wait, Wally is my favorite Pixar movie. Fuck. Like that, tr- like I cry so much. Oh yeah, yeah, it's oh emotional. That's an emotional movie for sure. Um, but yeah, so don't charge your live wire at home. Just charge it at the dealership. Ride fifty miles in one direction. Come back and charge it up again. So live wire owners, the idea is they were able to charge their bikes through standard wall outlets at their homes. A process that takes about ten hours. Direct yeah. current charging stations at Harley dealerships can reload the bike's battery in about an hour, So, like, but it's a, you still a have high, to go to a yeah. fucking Harley dealership. It's like a higher power path. Yeah, the bike can handle about 140 miles of urban riding on a full charge, which is that's not a, bad. If you're in the city, that's a lot. No, it's not bad, but it sucks if you can't charge it at home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I happened across an article over the weekend by Jacob Black. It was I've on, never heard of him. I haven't either. But I've heard of on, Jack Black. I don't think they're related. You don't know that. But <laughs> Alright, so this was on a rideapart.com, and I guess they do a thing called the Weekend WTF. Oh. The Weekend What the Fuck, I guess. The title of this piece was called The Youth The Youths Don't Want to Ride and It's Our Fault. It's not my fault, because um, I'm the youth. So. It's, <laughs> you're still young. I'm still young. There's hope um, for me. We've talked a little bit about inclusion on this podcast before and about I think I've always wanted our focus to be like, how does the motorcycle industry survive and how does it go forward? And like, that's really like what I'm interested in. Do you know what I mean? I mean, as long as it survives long enough for my life, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I get to enjoy it. Um, but he starts off saying motorcycles are better today than they ever were. There are more styles, more types, and they are easier to ride with every passing month. Yeah, there's no more carbs. Yeah, this should be a goal. Yeah, seriously. This should be a golden era for bikers, uh, for bikes, riders, and our sport on the whole. Manufacturers are focused on bringing new riders, especially young riders, into our folds with product, and yet the floodgates haven't yet opened. Now, my thought is, they like to think that they've done this, but like most of the time, I mean, it's really yeah, I mean, pricing is still an issue, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't anoint any of them for sainthood. Um, no, I just think that like they're all like, yeah, we've made motorcycles so you know appealing to younger generations. It's like, it's like have uh, you? It's probably like yeah, I mean, forty-five still... to fifty-year-old people being like, this is what the kids want. I don't know about that. Triumph does a really good job of actually like crowdsourcing. Like they will set, they'll send out like surveys to existing customers and be like, what would you like to see on the new Daytona? What would I don't you think see? I've got an email from them for a survey. Well, they don't. They email. They listen me about to the podcast. Other... No, they listen. They to... listen to the. Podcast, they, li- so. they email me about other things, but yeah. not like stuff like that. Um, 
They know I'm poor. That's I mean, why. They don't care. <laughs> um, but no matter what they do to reinvent the image of our sport, we keep bogging down in the same tired old tropes. That's true. Yeah. You know, what, and he goes on whether it's, and we, we, you and I have called out some of this stuff, whether it's motorcycle shows that still promote the scantily clad women as ornaments bit, uh, which alienates a lot of women, some men and most children, or the gruff, dismissive way most real bikers, quote-unquote, uh, respond to noobs, we seem to find ever more effective ways to turn people off our shared passion. <sighs> okay, like, I want to take a step back. So, like, okay. it is, let's... I've let's, taken let's, a step All right, back. let's not talk, like, we can go on about, like, manufacturers, but let's talk about, like, us. People? Let's talk about us, for example. You and I. Like... Or people. I, like, you and I have walked into a motorcycle shop before where the guys were actually, like, so I'm thinking of one, spe like, specific instance where, like, the guys were actually, like, super nice and, like, I was walking around and, like, you know, I was going to buy some stuff and this is more of, like, a, like a smaller shop, right? And... I was like, man, like these guys are so nice and so cool. And like, I'm going to buy like a, a shirt or something like that. And we walked around the corner. Do you remember? And there was like a death to hipsters shirt on the wall. And I was just like, what the fuck? Many of you may not know this, but if you looked at Chris, you oh, may think you. he may be a hipster. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not. <laughs> I don't consider myself a hipster. Although there's not a lot of daylight between my pant legs and my body. <laughs> he wears let's tight put pants. It, let's put it that way. And like, you know, and I'm not offended because like, and I, the um, the guy who, the founder of the DGR made this really good point. He goes, no one's really been adequately able to explain to me what a hipster is anyways. He goes, if it's someone who is concerned about whether or not they look cool on a motorcycle, he goes, I don't know anybody who wants to look uncool. So... I know who looks uncool on a motorcycle. Me wearing my rain gear going down the highway. <laughs> Not hip. That is the most unhip and uncool image uh, on motorcycle like history. Me wearing yeah. rain gear riding my bike. But it happens like but it happens I think in all corners of the of motorcycling where like there are track guys who are like, what, like, you don't, you know, you don't go to the track, and then there are, or, or what, or, or like, sport bike guys who are like, oh, that's only a 650, or like, there seems to be this, like, I don't know, it's like a pissing there's, contest, there's, like, it, help it me with It is this. similar to, like, like, I came from, like, a punk and hardcore background I in was my thinking life, about and that, it's like, yeah. there's so yeah. many different, like, little groups within right. that, that motorcycling is similar to that, it's like. When we were, like, when we were going to hardcore shows like we didn't tell anybody in our high school about it because we didn't want anybody else showing up because it was kind of like it was like our thing do you know what I mean motorcycles I feel completely the opposite about there's um, in my opinion there's lots of different like cliques and groups and whether it's like Dino guys or you wanted to say Dino I didn't want to say Dino Bros whether it's I love Dino Bros I have friends who are Dino Bros I have friends who are sport bike guys I have friends who ride exclusively on track and nowhere else I have friends who are like who've built choppers and stuff See, like that. See, you but know one lots of different groups of people that right. ride. And I think that especially up here in the northeast, especially in Boston anyway, uh, it's it's a lot different. Like people come together, I think, a lot more. But this industry is fl not floundering, but is in danger of floundering. It's the first thing to go, especially if there's like another recession. Oh yeah, and, which is like a s allegedly happening next yeah, year. And I think what people <laughs> don't understand is that like. People will buy shit from you if you're nice to them, yeah. you know, or, and not only that, like a rising tide lifts all boats. Like the more people who are 
into motorcycling, the cheaper stuff is going to be, the more good times to have. Like you, you and I have friends that we would never have met if it weren't for the machine. Oh, and yeah. while we may ride like very different things, like when we're out on like a ride, to, like a pack ride together, like sharing that moment, like who cares if their pants are tight or who cares if they're on a diner or who cares if their bike, you know, is different. Like it's plastic and metal. Like, and yeah. it just happens to be fashioned in a different way than mine. And like, you're not going to wave to me when we're, you know, you're not going to do the motorcycle wave to me because it's not a fucking Harley well, the, or a sport bike or whatever. Like, well, thankfully for us, we are in a very like accepting great friend circle and like rider circle that we hang out with people that come from all different walks of life. Right, with all different bikes. All too. different bikes. Yeah. And we're all just friends because we want to, like, hang out and ride together. We're really lucky that we have that. But yeah. not everybody has that. And a lot of people don't have that same mindset. If you're not accepting, if you're not, you know, friendly to other riders, like... You're part of that slight reason that motorcycling is dying in a way. You know, there are some... So he... he I'm paraphrasing him. He says, like, there are cliques and cliches that make our sport seem alien and hostile to other people. Whether it's women who want to ride uh, without being leg-humped by all of us when they get off their bikes. No one has ever humped my leg, <laughs> other than dogs. Or young kids who don't know a lot and don't like being laughed at when they ask questions on Facebook. Like... <sighs> I feel like people do that without even knowing that they're doing it. Yeah. And I know people that definitely like, yeah. Man, like pseudo, pseudo like put down or make fun of someone for them not being as knowledgeable. But I mean, yeah. you're only going to get more knowledge, you know, the longer you're around and like the, the more you learn. And the second someone's like essentially calling you a fucking idiot you're like well maybe i don't want to be involved yeah you know like if a kid's starting out and he's on a honda rebel like be cool to him like don't la oh my god it's a honda rebel like i don't understand why you would act that way to somebody i don't and, get that either yeah. because it's such like smaller bikes are so cheap and easy to have that like yeah. i know people especially that in the city yeah yeah like that's an attractive option for a lot of people not everybody needs something with 2400 cc's and weighs 800 pounds like that's not attractive to yeah. a lot of people right like at all and i mean i the dog's barking charlie <laughs> charlie Dead from charlestown charlie from charlestown is barking at the door so he said, you know, and this means being more mindful about opening our doors and our hearts uh, to what manufacturers call motorcycle intenders. And yeah, that means like taking like mean-spirited jokes off of t-shirts and like patches and shit. You know, like old like biker bars that you and I go to that like sell like ridiculously like misogynist shit is like, you know, m more like younger riders might want to come to your place if they didn't have, if you didn't have all this marginalized paraphernalia but hang then on the fucking but then they're like well it sells it's like yeah but the people you're selling it to are gonna die in 10 years right, so i right. mean you have to bridge right. out to other and, people like, it does mean being a little more politically correct um or as he says you know treating people with respect in the ways we promote our sport and the way we interact with other people like more riders is better for everyone you of know I'm, like your sh like shops will close manufacturers will have to charge more for motorcycles. Give people a shot. Like, don't be a fucking dick. 
And like, so I, this actually made me think of this, this um, post that I saw on Instagram. Now this girl, I'm not going to name her Instagram. She has like 37,000 followers. She's not wow, that's here. A lot. She's in the UK, you know, posts a picture of her on her bike. Uh, and she says, and I quote, sellouts everywhere I look on Instagram. Guess you got to laugh, right? Motorbikes were for the wild and free ones. Now, by selling out, do they mean people have broken Listen, just, just let me finish. Motorbikes were, were for the wild and free ones, and now they're for people who want to boost their social media following. And then she adds a caveat, and for the record, I've been riding for six years. I've had a social media, quote-unquote, six, six years. Six? Quote-unquote, following for like a year tops, because that simply wasn't the reason I started riding. Like, this post pissed me off. So much. I hope she doesn't like, have a dog. Well, like, <laughs> why? Because that's what people want with followers. Yeah. I don't think it's motorcycles, well, it's dogs. The, the point that she's, the, the, the thing that she's contending is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the idea that someone would buy a bike just for, like, bikes are expensive. I mean, like, how many people do you think, how many young people do you think have the money to buy a motorcycle simply because they will, they want to get likes and followers? First of all, second of all, I don't care if that's why they they want a bike. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah. If you're buying a bike and you're riding and you're trying to be part of this community, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Who fucking cares? And you know, motorbikes were for the wild and free ones. She said. Now I'm gonna. I am. I understand. I understand people who love to romanticize the 1970s chopper era of American motorcycling. That wasn't. The invention of the motorcycle, motorcycles were invented in like 1898 and like were principally used in World War One to like And so the bro superior could go really fast yeah, in like 1812. That's right. Uh, 1924. Yeah, the, whatever. It could go 100. It could do the ton. Like that's not the only era of motorcycling and it's not a purity test as to who's a motorcyclist and who's not. Like, this doesn't belong to you. No, it's not right for anybody to say, um, uh, you're not a real motorcyclist because you didn't build your bike. You're not a real motorcyclist because you don't go 150 miles an hour on the highway. Um, you're not a real motorcyclist if you aren't doing a wheelie on a dyna. You're not a real motorcyclist also, if you're- Also, I stole Chris's phone and I'm looking at this photo. This girl's hair, does not have one tangle in it. <laughs> now, is she really a motorcycle rider? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, but that's my point <laughs> is that like I'm not like we need to stop making those judgments of each other. Hate I alert. No, seriously, like we need to stop doing that. Oh, she's not a real motorcyclist, or oh, she only cares about the fashion. I don't fucking care. Kira Knightley did a photo shoot on Ducati. I don't care if she's ever rode a bike in her fucking life. If w one person looks at that photo and is like, oh man, like if one like young kid, like a 14 year old girl or something like that, sees that photo and is like, man, that's fucking cool, and gets older and rides, that's f that to me is totally worth it. Like I'm sick of hearing this fucking shit. I'm sick of being compared to Easy Rider. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like the night you, if you hey man, you're not, you're not a real rider if your dad didn't make you watch Easy Rider but, five billion uh, I mean, times. I've, as a kid. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. But like. But, like, you're getting lectured on this shit from people who weren't even fucking there. This girl's not even 30 years old, and she's talking about motorcycles were for the wild and free ones. 
Well, like, she probably doesn't what have the a fuck job. Are you talking? <laughs> she can be wild and well, free. Whatever. I mean, like, it, you know, you weren't even around in the seventies. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. Okay, so stop holding people to that standard or any other standard for that matter. Like, this does not belong to you, and you don't get to say who's real and who's not, or who deserves it or who doesn't. I'm sick of fucking hearing it. Seriously. So anybody who needs to hear that, fucking listen to this. Like, I, I'm, I really mean it. it. Like, nothing pisses me off more than that. If your bike goes super fast, great. I'm happy. If you've got a Tochi exhaust on it, I love it. If you can do a wheelie, I'll, you know, and you and I go to, like, all sorts of events. We go to, like, Dynastunt events. We go to chopper retreats. Um, you know, we're trying to get to flat track. Um, I, I've been to some like more like sport bike uh, events. I like those, I love it all. I went like to New it's Hampshire also Motor interesting. Speedway, and I saw race. Me and Dorothy went. Yeah, and we went to go watch races. Yeah, well, they, they, there you have it. You, you know, know what? I I like it all, and it's so it's all so like it's all so interesting, and like we all like so like we need to put the guards down, and we need to just like. Let people come in and be themselves and do what they want to do and enjoy them for that. And charge $5. And try <laughs> <laughs> And listen to the Motorcycle Scoop podcast. You know what? That's where we can all agree. Listen to the Motorcycle Scoop. Um, but yeah, no, it's just something I've been kind of like meditating on for a while and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, and this guy, I think like really put it well. Uh, last sentence of uh, the article on Ride Apart. And make sure you wave at every kid you see. Start them young. And then... They flip you off, and you're like, wait a minute. No, do you remember when, when, remember when we were riding, and I waved at that girl, and she had her fingers stuck in her ears, and she looked like after, a... After, yeah. so, so, so Chris goes by this girl, and like waves and, waved and revs at her, and she yeah. just puts her fingers in her ears. <laughs> and I remember is, I dialed into you, and I go, she's kind of a fucking bitch for that. Yeah. She was mentally flipping you off, and yeah. she's like... Yeah. He's wild. Well, and you free. can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you little bitch. <laughs> Get wild and free already. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, yeah. So thanks for discussing that with me. I really. Appreciate I mean, it. I have lots of opinions on things. I mean, I've gone to motorcycle events where I'm like, well, none of these people respect women. And then I've also <laughs> yeah. been to lots of things where it's like, wow, this is a good vibe. I mean, it's like. A lot you know, of this having, is true. having women, having women at your events, like whether you're a, uh, you know, if you're listening and whether you're like a rider or like if you're a guy who runs events or if you're a guy who has like a dealership, like cut the shit with the scantily clad, but like the, women as props thing. Cut obviously, the shit right like now. it's not cool, and I mean, there's a place for scantily clad women. I feel like maybe <laughs> it doesn't need to be at I think close the to here, isn't it? <laughs> 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 I just think that, like, they, the guys that are doing that don't know any other way because they're just like, these are the circles I run in, these are the things that I like, yeah. and this is the event that I'm putting on. They, in reality, don't care about other people's opinion. Yeah. They don't care. They're yeah. like, well, I know that a bunch of people that are like me are going to support it. I've, I've so had they people, don't care. Yeah, I've had people come up to me and... Uh, respond about the MB Agusta commercial episode that we did. Oh my god, and with the naked yeah, chick. Yeah, with the naked chick on the bike. <laughs> and well, like, what we were saying about it. And a guy like came up to me and who I, I know and who I do like was like, yeah, but I mean, dude, that's good to sell motorcycles. And it's like, you, <laughs> you don't even see a picture of the bike. Like, and I don't, there's ways to sell your product without 
throwing a woman naked on top of it and treating her like a fucking ornament. Like there's there's better ways to sell your product. I guarantee it. Like I, I mean, I'm obviously, not, I'm not trying to hear that shit anymore. That like be yet, socially but... responsible enough to understand that. Plus, it's just stupid. Like the data is out. Like women are the fastest growing motorcycle riding demographic. You know what? Do you? You know what I mean? But you're first of all a prick for it, and second of all, you're gonna hurt yourself in the long run. So. Yeah, riding a motorcycle naked, you could definitely hurt yourself. You could definitely hurt yourself. You're not <laughs> even wearing... She was wearing boots. She I was think, wearing boots. That's right. I was like, oh, she's wearing boots. Nice. <laughs> All right, I think it's ice cream time. Okay, I'm going to go get the ice cream. Okay, I can't see anything. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's wrapped up. It's wrapped up. Oh, this is much darker than I thought it Whoa, would be. Whoa, that looks super duper busy. Whoa, okay. It's definitely got a purplish hue. It looks like there's like marshmallows or chocolate in it. Now, this is a brand that I've never heard of until I went to Big Y that I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to try new ice creams. Hmm. All right. Since it's, since it's pink, I thought it'd be like fruity. I can't. I know there's chocolate. There's these big chocolate shavings in it. I'm going to say this is like a raspberry marshmallow chocolate thing. You know I don't like fruit and ice cream. This is good. Yeah. Tell me tell me more. It is Bart's Ice Cream Company Deep Purple Cow. Like deep the band purple. Deep was, Purple. Oh, Isn't nice. that adorable? That is actually I got really cool. excited when I saw that and I was like, oh, I have to get this. That's actually pretty You cool. guys are really lucky that I'm eating ice cream because otherwise I'd pull up my phone and play Deep Purple. So... <laughs> Now it is raspberry ice cream. Black, what I said. black raspberry ice cream combined with white and dark chocolate. Oh, chunks. it's white chocolate. Okay, yeah. I don't know if that was white chocolate or it I is. said marshmallow. I thought it was marshmallow. But... I like black raspberry. I like the texture of it. I don't like the fruit. I don't. I don't like fruit ice cream. And today hasn't changed my mind. Like I would never order this over anything else, including vanilla. <laughs> I'm a really big black raspberry ice cream fan. Okay. And this is actually a really good black raspberry. Is and this I one like, of the best black raspberries you've ever had? Yeah, it's really good. Okay. And I like the... I'm a person that believes that black raspberries should always have some kind of chocolate chip or chunk in it. I, yeah. It should yeah, have it can't, to. It can't be naked. No. Yeah. And I get really irritated when black when raspberry is. doesn't. Yeah. And... I get raspberry and chocolate. I get it's like it's a Batman and Robin kind of thing. Like I get that, you know, it, it's something that it, it, they go together quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I understand that. I just to me, I just I don't like the fruitness of it. I don't know. Yeah. I knew that you weren't going to like be obsessed with this, but yeah. I really liked the name of the ice cream. So I had to get it. <laughs> Fair and enough. Then, and then Fair talk enough. about it. This isn't all, all about me. Oh. You know, this is, I mean, it's a lot about me. <laughs> I mean, I don't like white chocolate, but I think it tastes good here because the ice cream itself isn't super sweet. So the white chocolate adds like kind of yeah. like a sweet aspect to it. It's not like a super sweet ice cream. No, not it's like, not. Oh my it's god! Not, it's not like a okay. I'll give it that. It's not like a syrupy. It's not like a syrupy fruit flavored ice cream, mm -hmm. which is why I'm giving it two and a half instead of two. Only because it's not like super syrupy. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's definitely not my bag. So I'm doing two and a half and vanilla all day, all day over it. I think I'm giving this four spoons. What? <clears throat> I really, I really like it. Yeah. They're in Massachusetts too. Oh, I'm, this is a Massachusetts. Uh, 
Yeah, this is a Massachusetts brand. They are in Greenfield, Mass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's out, that's out west. Yeah, like Western Mass. Okay. But I thought it was cool to see this in the store. They had a bunch yeah. of flavors. They had like... I'm happy that like I that you brought something that you really liked so I could kind of, you know, talk shit about it. <laughs> yeah, I really <laughs> like it. I would definitely eat it again. I may even attempt to try to bring this home, even though the... I think you should go for it. Don't leave it The travel may not be kind to it, but yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to bring it home with me so I can eat the rest of just it. Just put it in your... Hang out the window. It's cold enough outside. I don't think it's cold enough to keep ice cream frozen, Probably though. Not. It's not that cold outside. But, yeah, I thought it was good to bring, like, a local brand in, but, like, yeah. something local that you could still get at a grocery store. It's not, like, it's so, like, oh, I went to this ice cream shop that has homemade ice cream, and it was a hand-packed pint, and it was this, and it's like, yeah. no, I got this at the grocery store, but it's still, like, a local small company, and I thought that was a cool aspect of it. Right so, on. That was fun. They had a, a few different, they didn't have a ton of flavors, they probably had, like, five or six flavors at the store, but all of them, like, had kind of, like, cool names. I couldn't eat all of them because some of them had nuts in it, uh, but, right. I mean, I just thought it was a cool brand, and everyone should look it up. It's Bart's Ice Cream Company. You can probably eat the flavors that I can't, so yeah. all right. <laughs> there's that. Courting that Bart's podcast sponsorship pretty hard. I mean, if, <laughs> I wouldn't be offended if they sent me you're, ice cream. You look... You look <laughs> nor I, nor I. All right, uh, until next time, I'm Motorcycle Chris. She's Lynn, Sarah. I'm Lynn. J or just Lynn. Uh, until next time. Bye.